Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Kelly Rose Show. I'm excited to have with me here today, Katie Wilcox. Hey, Katie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you today. So just to give you guys a little bit of background about Katie, she is the founder and CEO of Natural Model Management and Healthy is the New Skinny. And you know, she took her 15 years of experience in the modeling industry as a curve model and basically is striving to really change the game of self-love, body perception. Uh, I think the way that Katie kind of shared it with me was like helping us to look at the parts of ourselves that maybe we don't always feel so comfortable doing and, and addressing that part of our own self-perception that might be holding us back from achieving our highest potential. So I'm sure I'm not encapsulating the the magnitude of your career and your success. But I would love, Katie, if you would start us off by let's just talk, like let's dial it back a little bit. Like how did you get into the world of modeling? Let's talk about a little bit about your experience during that time, what you learned, what got you to the point where you were like, okay, this is really what my calling is. And and now I'm going to move in this this new direction. Yeah. So I was an athlete. So I played volleyball and basketball and that you know, coming from being overweight as a child. So I had a single mom, we ate fast food all the time. Then I got into sports and like worked out for four hours a day. So that didn't matter. I was still completely malnourished, but I was running it off. (laughs) So I knew nothing about how to care for myself. It's just like that typical teenage, you know, experience. Um, And I think at that time, because we didn't have the internet, there was no access to even understanding nutrition or what that is like, or should be like. So um, that's something that for me, body wise, I was always thought of myself as like the big girl. And then getting into sports, uh, it was the opposite. It was like, man, I wish I was taller. I wish I was like, I could jump higher. I wish I was a little bit stronger. Because now you're around your people, you're around other people that are built like you, where strength and, um, you know, size was a good thing. So there was this paradox of like being in this community where you are valued for that. And then being in the world or in school and in the public dynamic where girls yeah. are shamed for being big yeah. and tall and strong. So like, yeah. as a teenager, that's a really hard thing to process. And I think why so many of us just thought we were big. Um, I also just watched a TikTok of this old Dallas Cowboy cheerleader show, like they played old clips from it. It was a reality show from like 2000s when it was like the worst messaging in the entire world for all of us. Um, there's these tiny women in like sports bras and booty shorts and they would bring them into the office and be like, you're gaining weight. You're just too fat. Like we can't have you be seen. And you're like the shocking difference of this kind of repetitive, repetitive messaging that we all just absorb with no one challenging it. It created a mental illness in all of us, regardless of what size we were. The fact that we literally looked at someone who is a size two, who's healthy, working out, like a fit person and saying they were fat, like what? So it's an, an awareness around how distorted our self image has become because of the media that we were consuming, and the lack of people challenging it. So having that awareness going into the to modeling, I got scouted, I went in at a volleyball tournament, 
And they were like, you'd be great for plus size. And I was like, did you just call me fat? I was 17, uh, a size 10, 12, working out like crazy. And I'm like, I don't want to be a plus size model. Like no one knew what that was at the time. And again, coming in that environment where it was like Britney Spears is like the idol. I'm like, I don't want to be called plus size. Like that would be embarrassing to a teenager. And then I booked my first job and I got $2,000 for this client. And I was like, oh my God, you can call me whatever you want. Like put a mustache on me. I don't care. Like (laughs) I don't have to work retail. Like, yes. Um, So it was that paradox of like, oh, okay, in this system, they were like, we want you to be a little bit bigger. So we needed to be either a size 14 or a size zero. Those are the sample sizes. There was one or the other. If you weren't a fitting a 14, you couldn't work. And if you didn't fit a size zero, you were fat and couldn't work. So that's the dynamic that was laid out for all of us to make that choice. And so me naturally, my bones can't even be that small. So I was like, all right, I could eat some extra pizza. And, you know, again, I'm 18 years old, fresh out of high school, stopped playing sports and in college that just happened normally (laughs) in like the freshman 25. Um, and then I was getting positive reinforcement for it. I was getting opportunities. I was making a lot of money, but I didn't feel good in my body. That was like not a good size for me. And so I really understood like, wow, we have to sacrifice our health for opportunity, our mental health, our physical health, our spiritual health, all of that has to be sacrificed to be able to have this opportunity. As I worked with more straight size models, I just started to question it because I was like, I don't get this. Like, I wanted to be like you guys. Like, like I would see these and want to be like you. And you guys are all miserable and like so unhappy with yourselves. And girls would say to me, like, they would just kind of open up and talk to me. And I remember I was working a job when we were at the airport and I had like some candy or something because it didn't, you know, for me, it didn't matter. I didn't have to worry about those things. And she was just like eyeballing my candy. And I was like, do you want one? Like, you can have one. She's like, no, I can't. I, they told me I need to lose five pounds. And I'm like, looking at this girl and it looks different in person than again in the airbrushed images this is the tiniest human i've ever seen and i'm like lose five pounds from where like logistically where would that like you could fit inside my skeleton like how are you supposed to lose five yeah. pounds like, i don't know like and so then she had a scar on her head and she was like yeah i passed out after a shoot because i didn't eat and then they gave us like a a toast of champagne and then it made me pass out and I had my heels in my hand and I landed on my heels. And I'm literally like, these are the most horrible stories. And like feeling their energy is just completely beat down. And so I really saw like the images we were all aspiring to be in the reality was like, they were being harmed and we were being harmed. So something has to be changed in, in this process. And so that's kind of what led me on like going down the journey of one, figuring out what is healthy for me. Yeah. And in order to do that, I had to get rid of the, the desire to be skinny. And I was like, that only harmed me. Every time that's been my goal, I've made decisions based on achieving that goal that were unhealthy for my mental health, my emotional health, and my physical health. So in order to have a better outcome, I need to get rid of that. So that's why I came up with healthy as the new skinny. And that was kind of like my mantra of like, okay, when I'm having that programming come up, I'm going to go, nope, I'm going to make a healthy decision. What's the difference? Not eating is not healthy. So making a healthy choice, I have a very different action that makes me feel a different way. And so it was really tangible to like, not make rules around it, but just saying honoring myself because by choosing the ideal, 
I was harming myself and not honoring myself. So it came down to like, I think that's step one for all of us is to look at the ways in which we've been harmed by the beauty ideal and how we are kind of doing the work for them. And when it comes to what do we get if we get this, if we are skinny and we're a Victoria's Secret model, speaking from my younger self and the height of all of when this create was created. I would ask people, what do you get if you're a Victoria's Secret model? Like, why is it so powerful? The illusion so powerful. Like, what do you feel like you get if you look like the beauty ideal? And so when we go into schools, this is the conversation we start. The girls start listing it out. Okay, well, people like you. Okay, you get money, you get attention, your life's easier, you're in control, like, you're happy, like all of these things that are being promised are false. And we can have and attain any of those things if we choose to right now in any body that we are in. And so breaking it down for us to say, this is media manipulation. This is what holds that power. And it's all because if you keep striving to attain it, you're going to continue to buy things in Mm -hmm. order to be of value, to try to be happy. So having that as a framework to go, oh my God, I'm doing that thing again. I'm getting sucked in. Like falling into the matrix. (laughs) It really helps me to go, okay, what I'm doing is I'm actually smarter than this. And so what I've looked at the history of how our brain stores information, how we process our subconscious mind and our conscious mind. And so that was super helpful when it comes to advertising. And a great example of that was they say before social media, that we saw on average of 3600 ads a day. Now with social media, it's thousands and thousands like the of processing imaging and messaging daily on autopilot with yeah. infinite scrolling. And so I would say, Hey, do you remember the last ad that you saw? And people would be like, No, do you remember any ad that you saw today? No. And you're like, well, you saw thousands. So where is that going? Now, if I get specific with you and I say, Oh, did you ever see that Weight Watcher ad? And then you're going to recall it from your subconscious. But right. so you saw it, you retained it. It just wasn't being viewed as pertinent. So your, your right. subconscious stored it as like, right. Oh, I'll recall this later if, if it's valid and I need it. Why that's important is because the content you consume does shape your reality, even on a subconscious level. So if you're following tons of people on social media that are portraying these unhealthy images, a fake reality, you know, like really vain, not contributing to society, like, and you're just blindly consuming this, you are going to start to shape your self image and your self view on a subconscious level, without even being fully aware that you're doing that to yourself. So understanding like, our subconscious is the most powerful part of our self image and that any imaging that you're consuming without challenging it or being having an awareness around it will affect you on that level. So how you how you adapt to that is just looking at media, having a conversation about it, going, oh, I'm not basing how I feel off of this. They're trying to sell me that. That's totally retouched. Oh, I like this image, but not a fan of that. Like, you're actually being conscious of what you're looking at so that you are not being manipulated by it. You're just viewing it. Yeah. So that's a really powerful place to be. And that's the stuff that I got like I nerded out on because I was like, oh my God, this is so fascinating. Cause as a model, we are not empowered to be in control of our beauty. Our beauty is monetized and we're harmed by it for other people's profit. That's the structure that I came in and was like, no, there needs to be a different way where 
authentic beauty doesn't harm people. It actually inspires yeah. them. It makes them feel loved. It makes them feel good. It makes them like shine in a different way. So when we look at our industry, we can see that what has been manipulated, our beauty that's been manipulated has not been authentic. And that's the process we're on of discovering what authentic beauty really is. And that it's a full package. It's not just physical. It's, it's women who know themselves and are healthy and happy and honor who they are. And they are appreciative of their beauty and use it in a meaningful way. So that's like really our mission and our goal. And um, we think everybody has a natural body size that's different. So when you find that place, you're going to find the place your body likes to be and you're going to shine in a different way because that's how you were created. So that's the elevator pitch that should be shorter, but I can't help it. (laughs) No, no, it's, it's fantastic. And, and I think, you know, what you shared is so powerful and it's really interesting because there's so much that has changed so quickly about the way that we live our daily lives with the internet and with the phones and with the way that we're all working online now that there's been no education around the impact of that. And it's kind of terrifying because even little things like, you know, the, the fact that the blue light, like the damage to our eyes, like there's so many things we could just go on and on and on and on. But I love what you're doing because no one has ever. So we transitioned into this new phase of like, all the the media imaging that we're seeing and the the amount of imaging that we're seeing and all of the context obviously it's it's the manipulation has always been there right but the manipulation has now like it it's it's come into our daily lives like at a new level and and at a frequency that's like immeasurable and there's been so many studies about the depression and the anxiety and the self harm in kids now because of it's up one hundred and forty percent yeah yeah it's it's I mean it's yeah. absolutely insane so I, I love the fact that you're like whoa hold on a second like no one has been equipped to understand how to look at what you're absorbing in a critical. I and it's okay that you're seeing that as long as you can process what that means and extract what is reality versus not, which most of it there really is no reality to it, right? But you know, it, it's it's just crazy what's going on. So I, I love what you're doing. I think it's it's such important work. I'll give one quick story and then I want to ask you some questions about the work that you're doing right now. But just to give context to what you're talking about. One of the most important defining moments of my career was I was an NFL cheerleader. And my first year, uh, I was so excited to do the swimsuit calendar. The swimsuit calendar was like a big thing. And I was 18 years old and, you know, whatever. And they came to us and they said, surprise, we're not doing a swimsuit calendar. We're doing a lingerie calendar this year. And I said, oh, hell to the no. I'm 18 years old. I'm not doing a lingerie calendar. I'm not like prancing around in my underwear. And at that moment, I made the decision, like my career is going to be based on my brains. It's not going to be based on my body. I went to the coach. I said, I'm I'm not doing this. And they put mm-hmm. me in. So we were walking the runway for this, you know, for this big press tour of the lingerie calendar. And because I said, I won't wear lingerie, they put me in this big, frumpy, the ugliest brown suit you could ever imagine. It was like my punishment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 
it is a punishment. But, but it was a defining moment of my life because in that moment, I was like, no, like you're not going to tell me how it's going to be. And I'm not going to build my career based on how my body looks. I'm going to build my career based on my brains. And that was like a huge moment for me that really set the tone of like, where do I want to go with my life from here? Because a lot of the girls were going to use that obviously to get modeling contracts and to get more like media opportunities and acting and all of those things. And I was completely knocked out of that game at that point. They were like, you're done. I got no opportunities. And I, and I made that choice and I was like, no, like I'm, I'm going in a different direction. And that's when I really got clear, like, my life is going to be about contributing to the world in a meaningful way by who I am, not how yeah. I look. And it's exactly to your point. And I think, you know, we, we all have to share those stories, like your story and my story in order for, you know, other girls and women to understand, like, put a stake in the ground, decide for yourself who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And there's endless opportunity. You're not giving up anything. And the thing that you think you're gaining by doing that thing is not what's going to make you happy anyway. Yeah, I could like to add to that. I think what what we've all felt and experienced is that women are viewed as disposable. So you are our object. You're a body first, mm-hmm. maybe a person second, but mostly just a body. If you aren't going to do what your role is, which is to be this object, then you don't get the opportunity or you're going to get punished. Mm-hmm. And um, how dare you expect to be treated as something other than what you are. And that was something we've all experienced that makes you feel so small, so insignificant. But it's a defining moment that so many of us have because that is our inner self saying something's not right here. And when you know yourself as a person, that's what the goal is, is to say, you are so clear. You're like, hell no. Now, how when we look at media, we look at how powerful it is, we can sit and have this conversation and say, yeah, educating all all day long will help. But at the end of the day, it's a self-value issue because if you don't have self-value, there's no amount of classes we can do with you that's going to stop you from seeing all the plastic surgery posts on there and being like, well, I should get that, you know, maybe if my lips are bigger, maybe if I got my nose fixed, like, There's nothing, no amount of education that will stop that void within yourself. And so, you know, it takes constant effort. And, you know, I'm going to be 38. I've been in the industry since I was 17. My face is changing and seeing it frame by frame sucks. Just letting you guys know, it really sucks. I'm like, what's this thing on my neck? That's never used to be there. Like, okay. And we, we joke about it because we're getting so many requests now as the consumers are dictating the market. We have a voice and women are saying like, I don't want to shop off of someone who looks like a teenager. I'm an adult woman. I have money. I do not want to see this yeah. sell to me. And having those conversations of like being in the industry and being on set. And a lot of the women that work for me also have kids and we all still like have style and like we're still normal people who also happen to be moms. And just the verbiage around how they say things will be like, mm, she looks like a mom. And we're like, What's wrong with that? Like, we're the ones that buy all your products. And we're like, so we're taking our power back collectively outside of the industry and giving that feedback to them that they never had a chance to receive before. So that's one angle that's super powerful. But on the reverse of that, when you look at social media, when you said never have there been um, this magnitude of like people being able to manipulate at this level, 
Never has there been the tools in someone's hand to alter their image the way they can with one app. Like a 13 year old can like create a complete avatar and you can't tell that that's a completely fake face. It's shocking. Like some of the apps, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're getting better and better of like Mm -hmm. fully changing someone's body and face to the point where if you don't have a trained eye for it, like we do, you really could believe that that's like what somebody walks around looking like. And so what I like to do is, is I say, isn't it funny how on social media, we see all of these models, these Insta models, and they go, never once when I'm outside, do I see anyone that looks anything like this? Like, it's just a funny game that I play. I'm like, literally not one time have I seen a face that looks like this out in public. And so it just goes to show, we say, hey, this needs to change. And this is, you know, a problem. But we also have to do that inner work to go. We are all also still battling it. And it's okay to admit it. We are in the system that makes it incredibly difficult. So acknowledging I'm still struggling with this. And, you know, like for me, like I said, I used to do Botox and the fillers and stuff. And I don't judge anyone who does it. It's a personal choice. Like for me, for feminism is like whatever fits you and you feel good about, do it. I'm support you. For me personally, I had to question that because I'm like, in a way, I started to feel like I'm doing this because I'm I feel shame around aging. I feel less valuable. Like that was the internal things that I was covering up by doing this action. And then I had to question like, does that actually look better? Or have I been told this looks better? And then we have, I talked to my friends about it. I'm like, you know, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, yes, it's nice. I like, you know, I liked aesthetically yeah. sometimes when people do do it nice and the age gracefully great. I also go I'm like, maybe I want to look like a cool wrinkled wizard. I don't know. We've never seen women that get to age freely and gracefully and cool. We've yeah. only seen like, you know, the golden girls. I don't know if you guys saw that meme, but there's a picture of them that was like, um, when the golden girls came out, they were in their fifties. They look right. like a hundred years old. And you're right, like, right, right. I'm on 40 and I don't relate to any of that at all. So we're in a, a different era where I feel like our generation of women is we're really carving out what we want and it can be confusing. And I feel like there's a lot of shame around the navigation of it. So you're shamed if you don't do it. You're shamed if you do it. You're shamed. Like it's just shame, 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 shame. And I, I just want to embolden people to say whatever feels right to you in that moment for your, where you're at. Great. But never stop asking those deeper questions and then try it. Like, so I was like, you know what, if I stop doing this for a while, let me see. And I was like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like it. Like my, yes, my eyes are a little smaller. I got my, my little smile lines, but I'm like, I started appreciating my face more than when I was doing it. And I'm like, Ooh, maybe there's something here. Let me just take a beat. I'm not judging myself. If I want to make a different decision in the future, I'm allowed to. And that's super empowering. If we can get on that path where we're tuning out the noise and the outside influence and turning within to say, I get to shape out the rest of my life moving forward. How do I want to feel? Do I want to constantly look in the mirror and be like, oh, I need to like change this. This is going to go south. We, it's just going to happen. I'm like, so I can either start accepting it now and evolve into my next phase of beauty. That's going to be very different. Um, but appreciate it and explore it in a way that is beautiful and, and meaningful for me. Or I can try to, to stop what's going to naturally happen, fight it, feel shame around it. 
and like deny myself the opportunity to be seen as who I am. Like that's where we're getting to in our process and everybody's at a different place. So when it comes to like body image, one analogy that really works well for me is I'm like, we got to start thinking about building sense of self. We are not, we don't just get taught that. In fact, from childhood, we have a sense of self and it gets knocked down. So it's not that you need to learn how to love yourself. You're born loving yourself. I have a six-year-old. Trust me. She's, I don't have to teach her to like herself. It's the opposite. They are taught not to like themselves. And then they have to learn how to rebuild some sense of self that feels genuine to who they are instead of who people tell them they should be. So if that's you, if you're like, you know, I, this is resonating with me. I would like to like myself. Stop looking at other women and being like, they're so confident. All that's, that can be bullshit. I know yeah. people who, who, and I'm sure you have, I've been on news, news um, shows and things and people are like, oh my God, I love them. I'm like, yeah, they didn't acknowledge my presence until the camera turned on. Oh, and yeah. then literally like, you're like, this yeah. is all fake you guys. Like you can, oh. you can pretend to be super confident. It doesn't mean shit at the end of the day. Stop comparing yourself to the outward, progr- like what people it's, say. It's yeah. bullshit. So if you're saying, I want to be confident, meaning I want to feel good in my skin. I want to not always adjust my clothes. I want to be able to walk in a room and not give a shit if someone likes me or not. Like these are tangible goals that you can start working towards. What's going to be needed in order to achieve that? Well, every time you make decisions that honor who you are, you're putting a brick down as you built a foundation of sense of self and you're putting a layer of a brick down. You made that decision that honored yourself. Instead of saying, I'm not eating lunch today because I'm gross and disgusting. You say, I deserve to eat. I'm going to nourish my mind, body, and spirit today and eat something that nourishes me. Ooh, you just laid a brick. Ooh, feeling good. Okay. How are we going to make that next? How are we going to build that next brick? And before you know it, this is a repetitive action in a lot of areas. Healthy boundaries, getting out of toxic relationships, friends that aren't good for you. Those are all bricks. And that's the process that you want to start visualizing to make, be mindful of you're making forward progress. So it feels like, oh, I'm not like this person because they have a million followers. You're like, they're not like that either. Who cares? You want to look, how's your house going? How's, how's your sense of self? And then I always make the joke that I'm a brick house because I'm like a big person, but um, that's just like another one. So I'm like, we want to be a brick house, but of your sense of self. So then you think about that too. If, there's an earthquake. We're going to have them in our lives. We're going to have these like earth rattling scenarios and situations. And we might lose some bricks. And we might have to go, damn, like, but if our foundation is strong enough, we can rebuild. And we're rebuilding from experience this time. We're rebuilding from resilience. We're not wiped out yeah. all the way to the to the foundation. So those are all the things that like, make it extremely difficult for women, especially if you're in a beauty industry, if you're a cheerleader, if you're a dancer, if you're in the entertainment industry at all. Um, and then when you're talking about being different ethnicities and size on top of that, like it's just this level of value that continues to go down and down and down. So I think the coolest part about what we're doing is like women like us, we all, I feel like we were seeds that were all planted at the same time in these different arenas and we all are growing. And now we've reached levels of success where we are decision makers in a lot of ways. Yeah. So we're, we're recognizing who each other is going, Oh, we need to work together. 
And we're eliminating those gatekeepers that harms girls and women that should have never been in those positions of power to begin with. We're safeguarding them to say, absolutely not. Like we recognize this type of person. You do not get to be around what we're doing. And we are making an environment where women get to grow and be nourished from other women. And that's never happened before. So it's really beautiful, but it's a, it's a ever changing evolution that we're still working out. So you're okay that you don't know what the hell's happening. That's normal. And you'll never, you'll never yeah. feel like you do. So just for sure. as long as you're making progress for yourself, like feel very proud that you're brave enough to like even be willing to look internally at how you can improve who you are. That's like the hardest thing to do. Most people aren't even willing to do that. So props to you if that's something that you're conscious of. I think that's the yeah. first step. Yeah. And I also think, you know, for women like us, it we're empowered to have a completely different conversation with our daughters. But we're empowered to have a completely different conversation and to have a conversation at all. Because our generation growing up, like, you know, our parents, like, these weren't even conversations that like you were having. I mean, I don't know about you, but like, these were not conversations that took place in in our household growing up. It just, it just was not part of the ethos. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think now, with us being women that have risen into leadership positions that have had these experiences and also are watching what is going on societal and, and culturally, it puts us in a unique position to really set our daughters up for success in the way that we help them to define and develop their own self-love, self-worth, directionality in life, what they choose to place value on, uh, you know, self-perception, all of those things. So I think in in every situation, there's like, there's the downside and then there's the upside that comes from the downside. And I think that's a, a really amazing thing that is, is kind of next up is to see, you know, this generation of women that we raise and, you know, mm-hmm. what comes about because of the knowledge and experience that we now have that no one really guided yeah. us through, but that we are now equipped to guide them through. Totally. And I always think about that. I'm like, oh, these girls are like, yeah. I'm so excited. And I also feel like that there's purpose in that too. When you look at our generations, I kind of feel like we're like um, a pyramid and we're at the top where we kind of are raising our daughters, but we're also kind of doing that for our moms. And we're able to go, hey, we recognize like you didn't get this. And like, we see the wounds in them because they were not given that oh. love and support. And like, so we're almost correcting. That's a whole nother show, girl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. we're like raising them in a way and caring for them and raising our daughters. But 100%. then we're like, well, who's, who's there for us? Like, yeah. and that's why these conversations are so important. And like women supporting women, like we need female community and support. And everything that we do is based in being collaborative and not competitive. And there will always be women who are going to be mean girls. There will always be women who think they believe there's not enough to go around. And that's fine. That's their journey. It's just not what we're about and we protect that space and welcome in the people that are like us. And when you find that group, you're like, this is a game changer. If we can get young, younger girls working on this level. Wow. Like, and you see it and you see the conversations about girls are scoring higher in college than boys. So this was something that came up. Um, My mom sent me an article about how there's like the old single man crisis where women are like, why would I, date someone I'm independent I don't want another child I'll just be single and they're like not settling and then they're like how could you not (laughs) not be settling for me and you're like as our standards raise 
we're not putting up with bullshit and I'm raising my daughter that way too. It's like you would, the standards are different. Bare minimum is not something to applaud anymore when it comes to um, emotional maturity or a partner or any of those things that our mother's generation like had to accept. And that's, that's turbulent too. So I think it's also our generation raising better men and better boys and having examples of healthy relationships and being open about what's not healthy. And that's all going to be like full circle down the line. But I definitely feel like that we were here for this purpose to have these daughters to do this work that we're doing and to plant all of these seeds for this like ripple effect that is, is happening. So for natural, when I started, um, I've always been passionate about this and everyone was like, no one's going to care about an agency for fat models, literally what they would say to me. And there were two clients in LA at the time that even had plus size, but I was like, I just see where the, I see where the world's going. This makes no sense. It's common sense. Women want to shop. They want to see people that to know what it looks like on them. We still haven't even made it to that place. Um, we'd like to not have to buy three sizes to see what size actually is the right size. So if we can work on that, there's another common sense thing. Give us one size chart. You'll make way more money. It's like all this kind of stuff. We're going, hey, this is common sense. So when we're looking at it, I was like, my intuition tells me this. We opened and I scouted every model off the street because no one was coming over to me. I taught them all how to move and I had great relationships and I would go to people and be like, what are you looking for? I'll go find it. And I, I cared and I was passionate. Now we're the top agency that has shifted all of these images that you're seeing in media with diversity of ethnicity and size is coming from us. And we're going, this is so crazy. And everyone that's been in the industry a long time is like, I can't believe you actually did this. I'm like, me either. Like, that's the coolest part is it was partly being naive because I was only 25. Um, and it that's was amazing. thinking outside of the box and saying like, this makes sense. So yeah. just because someone says to you, um, <laughs> you can't do that. That's not how it works. It's old paradigm, new paradigm. Right. The old paradigm is about fear, control, manipulation. It's negative, And it's all about self-serving one party. That's the old paradigm of our industry, for sure. The new paradigm is all about being in alignment. I don't want to hold you. I don't want to manipulate you. I want to work with you. And if you like me, let's have a healthy relationship. Let's reach our goals together. Yeah. Let's work with good people. And so that's the choices that we're all making and how, what kind of companies we want to build what kind of companies we want to work for and is it in alignment with my values as a human being? And that's never existed before either. And we're seeing that. So I'll give you my prediction because I've been right about this stuff from day one. I was like, it's going to go to plus. It went to plus, which was super extreme. Still, they went to full 18s and now they're still at zero. So you have zero twos and 18s and then they put them side by side. Most women aren't relating to either of those. <laughs> so now there's going to be a mid-sized push where they're like, we'd like to see some like eight, some tens, some twelves, like not so extreme. So the, the eye will be adapted to seeing all types of women. So the, the larger sizes won't get discriminated against as much because they're being put next to the beauty ideal that's still powerful and prominent. And there will be an exception of all women being like, oh, that looks cute on her. It won't be as noticeable. So that's where we're hoping like, with the midsize and all the sizes being together, it normalizes diversity and you appreciate all of them versus being like, this isn't like that. And I don't like this one because it's better than this one. And then moving forward, we're launching a thing called Game Changers. So brands are having to get really clear about what their values are because of the climate of politics and like everything that goes on on social media. People want to know 
what what are your brand values? Do you care about um do you care about black people? Do you care about what's going on? Do you care about when there's a shooting at a mosque? Do you care about people? And if you don't, or you care about certain people, people would like to know that. So you have to be mindful of like saying, these are our company values. They're going to need to tell that story. So with Game Changers, it's empowered people doing great things like you and, and people that are like, I'm an advocate for this. I go in the community. I make this happen. So we're working to partner them with brands to say, this is a different way of marketing storytelling that mm-hmm. clearly shows that there's value in the work these people do. There's value in the alignment of core values. And it makes it clear as a company, this is the kind of people we want to invest in. So that's yeah. going to be the future of marketing. And it's going to be great because then we can say to our girls, hey, if you model, that's awesome. But you could also be a game changer and like go out and make the world a better place and still get the same opportunities that those girls yeah. are getting just because they're pretty. Very and like, cool. that's where I'm like, I don't want to say to my daughter, because people will say to her, I was pregnant with her and they're like, is she going to be a model? I'm like, well, she's a fetus. So maybe we should let her be born first yeah. and not put that pressure on her. And um, she does not care at all. Like she literally is like, so not interested in it. And it cracks me up. And I'm like, I would, I would like her to see the work that these people do and be like, I want to be like that. And she can still be on a campaign, but she's on sure. a campaign for, for not her body, like you said, for who she yeah. is. Yeah. And if we can get that as like what we idolize, look at the shift in the ripple that would come out in media and you would sell more because people care uh-huh. now. So it's the next wave. It's just so we're ahead of it. It's going to be in the next couple uh-huh. of years, but pay attention. You're going to start seeing brands using people for storytelling that are not conventional that aren't models. They're just interesting and you would never have heard about them, but you're going to be interested much more than just a perfect aesthetic. So I, I couldn't agree more and I can't wait to watch the evolution. So, I mean, I I love what you're doing and I want to share with everyone that's here today. How can they follow along and learn more about the brand and the movement that you're creating, the conversation that you're having with the market, what you're doing with game changers? Like where do they go to learn more? Yes. So I have a book called Healthiest New Skinny, Your Guide to Self-Love in a Picture-Perfect World. The easiest place is to get it on Amazon. That's going to like be a step-by-step. It's going to give you the history of beauty ideals, which is super helpful. We talk about beauty ideals from around the world. And you're going to be able to look at all the different ones and then look at ours and go, well, I wouldn't do that. So why do I feel the pressure to do this? I'm not going to bind my feet. I think that's ridiculous. Also, so is starving yourself. Like being mindful and being taking your body image from an emotional place because it's very emotional to our rational brain. So that's what that book's really great for. And it's going to give you lots of exercises to practice that, to build your sense of self and to be in this world that's all about perfect imaging. So that's going to be great for you. And you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm Katie H. Wilcox there. I try to touch base with people as much as I can. And Natural Models LA. So this year we have lots of big changes. We're, we've grown as a company. We are up to 12 employees, which is so exciting. And these are the things we're going to continue to build out and tell these stories and get people involved. So you can follow us there and stay up to date um, with us at Natural Models LA on Instagram and TikTok. Very cool. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the show today and for doing the amazing work that you're doing in the world. We're all going to be following along and supporting what you're doing and just keep up the game-changing, life-changing work. Thank you so much. I'm happy to do it anytime. 
Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.